Hello, my friends, and welcome to another Cup of Joe podcast on this Tuesday, February the 16th, a day commonly referred to as Fat Tuesday. Before we enter into the 40-day journey of Lent uh, toward the uh, precious holy season of Triduum, uh, we conclude today our journey through Genesis, even though it is not uh, nearly being done, but uh, because we'll hit Lent tomorrow, we will uh, change our focus on the readings. So I will take a look and, and uh, see whether it's the gospel or the first reading uh, based on what the readings are through the day. But the readings in Lent are so good. Uh, so we'll enter into that together. And, uh, and then after our Easter season, when I thought we might hit Genesis again, we do not. So today we will end with the beginning of the story of Noah. So let's break it open together, at least what we have. Genesis 6, uh, verses 5 through 8. Then we will skip to Genesis 7, verses 1 to 5 and 10. So this will kind of set the scene. It, it jumps all over the place, but um, Genesis 6 and 7 here. Let's break open God's word together. When the Lord, or excuse me, a reading from the book of Genesis. When the Lord saw how great was man's wickedness on earth and how no desire that his heart conceived was ever anything but evil, he regretted that he had made man on the earth and his heart was grieved. So the Lord said, I will wipe out from the earth the men whom I have created and not only the men, but also the beasts and the creeping things and the birds of the air, for I am sorry that I made them. But Noah found favor with the Lord. Then the Lord said to Noah, Go into the ark, you and all your household, for you alone in this age have I found to be truly just. Of every clean animal, take with you seven pairs, a male and its mate. And of the unclean animals, one pair, a male and its mate. Likewise, of every clean bird of the air, seven pairs, a male and a female, and of all the unclean birds, one pair, a male and a female. Thus you will keep their issue alive over all the earth. Seven days from now I will bring rain down on the earth for forty days and forty nights, so I will wipe out from the surface of the earth every moving creature that I have made. Noah did just as the Lord had commanded him. As soon as the seven days were over, the waters of the flood came upon the earth. My friends, the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. This is a tough word that we hear today, brothers and sisters, uh, because we hear God being not only frustrated with his creation, but where it says that line at the beginning, which was just sad. He, meaning God, regretted that he had made man on the earth and his heart was grieved. I wonder, when God looks upon creation now, uh, what does his heart feel? I know he loves his creation, brothers and sisters. We have to know that. We have to know that. Um, Oh, a phone call coming in. We're just not going to get that. But uh, I don't know that, that all of these things at the time of Noah that were going on aren't going on now. Um, and what does that do to the heart of God? And I guess, my friends, we don't have to wonder in a sense 
Because I would ask, what does that do to your heart and my heart? Because don't we carry that same uh, compassion of God and mercy of God and hope of God and grief of God within us? So let's talk again about uh, myth, because, you know, I think it's important that we realize that this is what we call, now, um, scripture scholars will say, anything before Abram, who will become Abraham, enters in, and I believe that's chapter 12. I, I should have looked before I talked about this. So let's say the first 11 chapters of Genesis are what scriptures call, and these are Catholic scripture scholars, call prehistory, prehistory. Uh the historical enters in when Abram enters in because Abraham is a historical figure, um, not only for Christian faith, the Jewish faith, our Muslim brothers and sisters as well. Um, all three of our, our major uh, religions will point to Abram as the, as the founder. And so it is a historical person that we can count to. Before that is a lot of myth. Again, myth always being true, but, but it's using story to help us understand who God is, how God is, who we are, and, and what creation is. All of this to help answer these larger questions that we have. And this is one of them. We have to know that. That clearly, um, I mean, if we take this at face value, what does it say about who God is? Does it say God makes mistakes? Does it say God is angry uh, and is God is, is a, a God of retribution? Um, wh- what does this say about who God is? If we are to take this in a very literal sense. But I think if we understand, brothers and sisters, what this story is versus other flood stories that were going on at the time, again, we see how the, the early Hebrew people, this Yahwist and, and the people as they were telling these stories and tales, how they envisioned God in a, in a salvific way, that God was the carrier of salvation. So clearly there was uh, an historical event at some point where there was a great flood in that whole region of the, uh, the Middle East. I I mean, there's no doubt about it because other civilizations talk about it. And particularly, I'm going to point to the Gilgamesh epic that the Sumerian culture talks about. But the interesting part is in in the Sumerian culture with this Gilgamesh epic, and I'm no um, uh, scholar with it, and, and so feel free to look it up. But if memory serves me well, it was... Uh, a battle between the gods, and this flood came about. And in the midst of this angry battle and this angry thing, humanity uh, gets birthed uh, in in into this, into the world, out of that uh, place of anger and vengeance that was going on within that Gilgamesh epic. That's how humanity came about, and and that's what what this flooding narrative was about in the Sumerian culture. But if you look at what the, the Hebrew people, the early Hebrew people here are, are saying is, yes, there was this historical event about this flood, but we need to make sense of it in terms of who God makes sense to us and how God is and how we view God, not as a God of, uh, you know, that, that creation happened. Again, we already heard the two creation stories, um, but that it was God's act of trying to save creation in the midst of it. And so he looks over all the land and finds Noah and Noah's family, which, which find favor with him. And he, he, he doesn't, even at, at the one hand, trying to say, and, and this is interesting because if you read uh, critically the Noah 
the the um, the epic here, uh, you'll see that both two different writers uh, wrote this because it, they sometimes even contradict each other. Um, but again, that's that's not the point. The the point isn't to to say it's historically, you know, what is, which one is right, this writer or this writer. They only take, you know, seven pairs and then one pair of the clean versus unclean, which is what this writer is saying, or do they take one pair of each, uh, which is what this other writer is going to say. And how many days were they on, and, and what is this? And uh, again, that's not the point. The point is how God saves beyond and through but that God was grieved with the sin that is going on. I mean, brothers and sisters, we have to know that is true. We have to know that is true then. We have to know that is true now. We have to know that God looks within us. Um, you know, I, I love this image that, that he looks over all the earth and he finds Noah and his family. And he says, listen, this, this creation is worth saving. Um, and so even as he says out of one uh, you know, side of his mouth that I'm going to wipe out all the beasts and creeping things and birds of the air and, and men. On the other side, he doesn't because he saves them. He brings them onto this ark. He brings Noah and his family onto this ark so they may pass through these waters of danger, these, these waters of cleansing, these waters of destruction, right? Because water does all that uh, onto the other side. Um and uh, I think of, uh, if you go fast forward to Genesis, and we won't read this, but Genesis 18, you know the story, when Abraham, uh, when God is going to destroy the city of Sodom, and Abraham uh, barters with God and says, what if you look through the city and you find 50 that are worth saving, then will you save it on behalf of that? And God says, I'll save it on behalf of the 50. What about 40? What about 30? What about 25? What about 20? He gets them down to 10. Now, God, again, in this looks petty. Is, are we really to believe that God wanted to destroy this, but Abraham was the better person and, and uh, getting him down to 10? Or is God inviting Abraham into this action of saying, listen, what is worth saving here? Um, and, and how do we uh, look for that beyond just the ones that are, are, are unclean, as it were? Uh, and, and so it is, I think God is inviting Noah into this act of saving, that, that, that we look that, that maybe much of creation carries the stain of sin, but yet if not all of it does, it is worth saving. You know, I bring this all back to us. Uh, and I look at, at us as individuals, and I look at us as families, and I look at us as, as you know, maybe a, a, a church or as a, as a country or as a, a, you know, a community, whatever it is. Um, that there's always wheat and weeds, isn't it? I, I use that term because I love it. Uh, even within me, I, I mean, even within you, we are filled with wheat and weeds. They're, they're not good guys and bad guys here. And, and how do we find them out, right? It, it is, we carry within us the very things that grieve the heart of God. And we carry within us those things that, that look, um, that God looks with favor upon. But yet God doesn't destroy us. God allows them, as, as you know, Jesus says, allow the, the wheat uh, to be to rise in the field with the weeds, because if we were to pull the weeds, some of the wheat may come up as well and destroy the crop. Somehow God knows that in the midst of things that the two can, can correspond and grow together, and, and ultimately at the end, they will be parted. 
because nothing unclean will enter the kingdom of God. We know that. But but this this great truth of Noah, uh, which we see play out with Abraham and, and Sodom, which we see play out in, in us, it continues to go on, brothers and sisters, that that which is not of God, which grieves the heart of God, I hope and pray within me, within uh, my family, within uh, my church, within my community, I hope and pray that all those things are destroyed. Not that people are destroyed, but that that evil that, that doesn't build the kingdom, that doesn't build up in relationship and build up in love. And, and have we continue reading the story of Noah? Again, we see the compassionate hand of God, that God is not this petty person, but that God looks to save humanity through this time of, of, of travail. You know, we, we see it in Psalm 23, right? Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I fear no evil, for thou art with me, thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. God enters into these times of flooding, of, of, of destruction, of, of gravity, of, of, of depravity, of, of whatever it is that God enters in and walks with us just as he's doing here. And again, if we were to read the story of Noah, after everybody gets it in, it, it talks about how God is the one who shuts them in. That God is on the outside putting the door up and protecting them before the floodwaters come. Brothers and sisters, our God does everything he can since the early days of the fall that he realizes this is who we are and we live within this moment in this place where sin is present and real and the destruction and, and, and the divisiveness of it is real within our culture, it's within, in, within our hearts. But our God does everything to shut us up within it to bring us through these waters. Remember, and, and Augustine would say, these are the waters of baptism. This is the church uh, on top of them going through. That, that water, which brings us to new life, also first causes death, right? That it is destructive and, and uh, generative in, in, at both the same time. Um, that first we must die to our old selves before we rise a new creation in Christ. And, and so it is with Noah and with creation. We see that pattern already in play, but it is God who walks with us through that. Please don't read these stories and see a petty God, uh, but see rather than the Gilgamesh epic, gods arguing each other and out of this vengeance and out of this state of anger, humanity be born in the midst of that but that God wishes to deliver us through creation and at the end gives a sign to us that says never again on the earth will this happen. But he sees the good too. He sees the good too and realizes it's worth carrying through to the end. So may you know wherever you are and however you are today, God sees it within you, even if you don't see it within you. And may you and I trust God at this moment, even when our own eyesight may not be so good, that God can and will walk us through until little by little we can just expel that shell, that outer part that we don't need, that we don't need. Let's pray, my friends, and let's uh, begin, of course, with the sign of our faith, 
In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, amen. The second joyful mystery, the visitation. Mary visits Elizabeth. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. O my Jesus, forgive us our sins, save us from the fires of hell. Lead all souls to heaven, especially those in most need of thy mercy. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, amen. My friends, may you be well today, and may you enter into this Lenten time, a time when we can help shed that outer stuff that we don't need, that does need to be left behind. Uh, May it be a 40-day journey. Uh, through these waters to the waters of baptism and Easter on the other side. God's blessing.